On this week's episode of the Cross Promo Wrestling Podcast, Roman's Reign. Hall of Famers returning to Impact. Impact about to get graceful. WWE Superstar adding another accolade to her EST list. Future of the Bloodline. A dream pay-per-view or PLE for AEW. All-in brawl. AEW Grand Slam tournament coming up. Plus, getting you all caught up with what you missed last week in the world of professional wrestling and another history lesson from yours truly. And in our main event. I'll tell you what the main event is going to be. It's going to be me ranting again. Don't like it? Tough. Uh, uh, okay, um, I'm ready to get going. Are you ready? What do you think? Of course I'm ready. My wrists are taped up. What? Well, uh, our boots are laced up. So step through the ropes. And ref, ring the bell. Okay, well, uh, that was out of the usual behavior for Dad. What are you talking about? Uh, sorry, uh, welcome to the Cross Promo Professional Wrestling Podcast, where we give you all the latest news about the results and what's going on in the different promotions. The ones that we cover, anyway. Uh-huh. I just wasn't expecting you to do that. What, be in a bad mood right now? Yeah. Well, what's causing it? Oh, 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 you'll find out. And everyone else that's listening. By the way, thank you for clicking on us. Thank you for clicking on our show to listen to. We appreciate it. We don't show it most often, but we appreciate it. We do. And it also helps you get caught up to date if you missed anything and couldn't find uh some other way to find it yeah so so you have to rely on us you moochers let's go ahead and just get things going we'll catch you people up that are short of any brain molecules right now we'll go ahead and get started with wwe okay what you got something to say now no it's the timing of how you did the transition Uh uh-huh we're doing new things now Uh uh-huh Buckle up, buttercups. So, for our August 27th edition of Monday Night Raw, it came from the FedEx Forum in Memphis, Tennessee. First match of the night was Sami Zayn versus Damian Priest because Damian Priest needed this match and requested this match. I say good on him. Match ended in a pinfall with Damian Priest picking up the win match took about 11 minutes 43 seconds yeah it was a little bit longer than expected of the punisher of the judgment day but of course you had jd mcdonough try to jump in and try to help him over here trying to gain favor with him but he did the unneeded distraction towards Sami Zayn for damien to pick up the win this makes damien's record 
24 and 42 with Sammy's record <laughs> it being 40 and 16 and of course after the match Kevin Owens comes out and Sammy and him jump JD McDonough at the end of the match Damian walks back leaving JD all by himself next match we had the New Day taking on the Viking Raiders with Valhalla who in a, right before the match was saying that the gods were most displeased with them well of course the Viking Raiders pick up the win with, uh, with a combined finisher what they call Ragnarok really a Marvel movie and Eric pins Kofi match took about 17 minutes and 9 seconds and the, their records are as follows. You got Kofi at 7 and 4, Xavier at 7 and 8, Eric is 8 and 26, and Ivar is 8 and 24. I'm, I must say, with the Viking Raiders with those records, yeah, if I were the guys, I'd be pretty mad too. Well, you got to remember also during this whole match, Nick Riddle, as they're, I guess they're wanting to be called or whatever, Riddle and McIntyre were at ringside watching them. Riddle's over here taking notes behind, on the back of some photo of that Drew Ma of uh, of Drew McIntyre of him and Trunks that are supposed to be a like an idea or a mock-up of like a new color scheme for their tag team or whatever. Well, during the whole match, there was a fight at ringside where Drew was throwing dead office chairs around, and at one ended up hitting Xavier in the face. But careless, if you ask me. But still, it, it helped the Viking Raiders win. Next up, we had, again, more drama between Alpha Academy and Imperium. Ludwig Kaiser with his Imperium friends at ringside and Chad Gable with his Alpha Academy people at ringside as well. Well, this Chad Gable picks up the win by disqualification because Giovanni decided after 18-some-odd minutes go ahead and jump in and just attack Chad Gable match uh, match time was 18 minutes 20 seconds Ludwig Kaiser's record is now 7 and 49 and 1 Chad Gable's is 18 and 28 Chad Gable following probably had told went into Giovanni's face and told him thank you for that win and then um, right after the match of course Imperium attacked Gable and Otis leaving them in the ring all banged up. Next we have Tommaso Ciampa desperately needing a win against Bronson Reed and he, event he did pick it up by pinfall in a 4 minute 38 second match. Now Ciampa's record is 2 and 6 while Bronson Reed's is uh, overwhelming comparing to Ciampa's 25 to 10 with one draw. Then the main event of the evening is was uh, Becky Lynch taking on Zoe Stark in a Falls Count Anywhere match with Trish Stratus at ringside in the corner of Zoe Stark. This match went pretty much as you would expect with any Falls Count Anywhere matches. It went anywhere. It went in the ring, out the ring, into the crowd, and it ended with a pinfall outside the ring within the crowd. Uh, and of course Becky Lynch picking up the win closing I guess the chapter between her and Zoe Stark or so we think at least until the pay-per-view yes which if you stay tuned my little monkeys 
you'll be able to get that show as well as we previously stated earlier this week. If you remember, we had blue lights. Blue lights. Blue lights. To them, maybe. Match was about 16 minutes, 17 seconds. Becky Lynch's record is now 26 and 12 with one draw, whereas Zoe's is a mini, it was pretty much half that, uh, 12 and 23. All right, so we move on to NXT in Orlando, Florida at the WWE Performance Center. We have the Creed Brothers getting what they wanted, a, a match to where it, if against the Dyad to where if they win, they're reinstated back into NXT. So they found the, the Creed Brothers, after all. No, 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 no. The Creed Brothers just decided, you know what, we're tired of playing this peekaboo crap, so we're going to go ahead and, as they did during Heat Wave, they kidnapped uh, Ava with their list of demands. If you give us our match, we'll give her back to you. And in which, the Dyad and Schism. Tag teams within factions is so dang confusing. I mean, you have the Usos within the bloodline, you know, but... And now you have the dyad within the within the schism. I, it, it confuses some people out there in podcast land. Anyway, this match was going to be in a cage to determine no out more outside interference with schism, which that didn't help out much at the beginning. Of course, you had um, what's his name, Brutus, get dragged out to the back by all the members of Schism, the people with cult masks, and then uh, he somehow, halfway or third of the way through the match, manages to fight his way back into the into the ring, and he does it by ripping the gate off of the cage, which, I mean, we've seen done before, but not in this fashion where he just does it with ease. I'm requesting Shawn Michaels, the, I guess general manager or whoever's in charge of NXT needs to go ahead and do a uh, steroid test on this young man. Well, of course, as you guessed, the Creed brothers, they won the match with a double pin. Match was 13 minutes and 54 seconds with a lot of references towards, I guess, uh, the late and great, uh, Gosh, I spaced on his name. Terry Wyatt? No, um... Terry Funk? Terry Funk, thank you. Dear God, so much has happened this week has left me all befuddled. With the whole gate thing and Brutus swinging it around like Terry Funk would do with the ladder. So, this leaves uh, Julius's record at 12 and 10 with one draw. Brutus's record 12 and 7 with one draw. Fowler's record is 6 and 15, and Reed's record is 6 and 14. Not looking good for Schism right now. Uh, so we go on to the second match, which is a what they consider a Global Heritage Invitational. For a chance, the winner of this would be uh, getting a shot at Nam Dar's Heritage Cup with Nam Dar and the rest of. Uh, his group sitting within the crowd, but up on uh, up high, so they get a good view of everything. 
so as they're watching, you know, they're watching Charlie Dempsey take with Drew Gulak at ringside, taking and Damian Kemp at ringside. Sorry, uh, taking on Bo- uh, Butch. Now the way they had separated this, they separated this into Group A and Group B, and it's a whole lot of confusion with the rules and the points. I just say go for an old-fashioned tournament. Why do we got to drag this out and try to do math? I'm just saying, for the simple-minded folk out there, they just want to see a tournament. Just make it a tournament. You don't need to have rules and points and all this other whatnots shenanigans going on. Well, uh, Butch wins this match by pinfall in 4 minutes and 48 seconds, with Dempsey's record being 12 and 17, and Butch's record being 16 and 25 with one draw. Next, we have Lola Vice and Electra Lopez teaming up to take on Dana Brooke and Kalani Jordan and what seems to be a very fragile tag team partnership going on right now because remember last week Dana Brooke lost against uh, Blair Davenport and as uh, if you looked closely Kalani Jordan was trying to offer support by putting a hand on the shoulder of Dana Brooke but Dana Brooke looking at her like why in the world are you touching me? One of those kind of looks. Well, the match didn't turn out real good for the already somewhat fractured team. Lola Vice and Electro Lopez gets the win with Lola pinning Kalani in 3 minutes and 37 seconds. Vice's record is now 9 and 20, where Lopez's record is 9 and 15. Dana Brooks' record 7 and 14, and Kalani Jordan's is 7 and 10. You're scaring me when you're staring at me like this, Chris. You're giving me these dead eyes. Why? Who's wondering what made you act like this? It's out of the blue wall. Oh, it'll be explained. It'll be explained soon enough. You just need to be patient. Okay? Is that that hard to ask of you? To be patient? Time is coming, okay? Because... I'm frustrated with some things, and it's going to get clearer today, today on this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bueno? Yeah. All right, next we had Eddie Thorpe against Dijak. That match took about 4 minutes and 38 seconds. Winner was Dijak by pinfall. This leaves Thorpe's record to be 12, min, uh, 12 and 14. Dijak's is going to be 11 and 9. Die jerk, as I like to call him. Next, we had Joe. The next part, the Group B of the Global Heritage Invitational. Joe Coffee with Gallus at ringside, taking on Nathan Fraser. This match lasted 10 minutes and 9 seconds, with Joe Coffee picking up the win by pinfall. Coffee's record is now Folgers. I mean, 12 and 7 with one draw. Frazier's is Cranes. I get that mixed up all the time. Is 16 and 10. And then for the main event, we had a fatal four-way for the number one contender match to take on Tiffany Stratton and her NXT women's title. God, that girl in the And the participants... Roxanne Perez, Gigi Dolan, Blair Davenport, Kiana James, with, of course, her loaded purse at ringside. Match was about 11 minutes, 41 seconds, a well-fought match between all four of these competitive women. 
However, it was Kiana James that picks up the win by pinning Gigi. And the records are as now stands. Roxanne Perez's record is 20 and 10 with one draw. Gigi's is 9 and 12. Blair's is 9 and 3 with one draw. And James is 16 and 17 with one draw. Alright, that closes out everything for NXT, so we're gonna go to the final one for WWE. And it's gonna be SmackDown taking place at the Giant Center in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And if you're thinking Hershey bars, uh, you would be correct, that's where they're from. Good for you for reading up on your history. Your mother was so proud 20 years later. Alright, so we got first match of the night. LWO members Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar with Zelina Vega at ringside taking on Austin Theory and Grayson Waller showing his effect which is zero sadly the Theory and Waller ones uh, pick up the win in 8 minutes and 8 seconds with Grayson Waller affecting Escobar and pinning him Rey Mysterio's record is now 22 and 16. Escobar's is 20 and 24. Ha, <laughs> 2024. I beat it before you did. Hush. Now we got Austin Theory's record at 45 and 25 with one draw. Waller's is a. Oh, wow, Waller. Yours is a wimpy 3 and 15. Huh, not much effect there, huh, buddy? You need your own rub. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up, we had the undisputed tag team champions who are gonna who we're gonna who uh, are gonna be facing the Judgment Day at Payback. Get a little warm up match against LWO. Now, of course, I'm talking about Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens against Wild uh, Joaquin Wild and Cruz Del Toro, and of course, Zelina Vega at ringside. Match lasted only about two minutes and 32 seconds. Champions made short work of LWO with Kevin Owens pinning Joaquin Wilde. Now Kevin KO's record is 41 and 9 with one draw. That's pretty good if you ask me. Sami Zayn's is 41 and 16. Joaquin's is 5 and 12, whereas Cruz's is 5 and 13. Next we have a new and I say much and greatly improved version of Shotzi taking on Bailey with damage control at ringside. And I say this because I'm loving this new Shotzi here. You don't know what to expect from it. Exactly. That's what makes it so exciting. And then, and, uh, not Shotzi, but Bailey just seemed terrified of it. I think I caught a whiff of poo-poo in the pants. Well, that match lasted 9 minutes and 17 seconds. Shotzi wins by pinfall, but here's how she won. During the match, Bailey was asking EO for her championship belt to use it on Shotzi while the rest back was distracted in turn, facing Dakota Kai, who on the other side of the ring trying to get the rest's attention. EO kind of hesitant about it, but then all of a sudden, here comes Charlotte Flair to the rescue to take out EO because her attention is focused on EO in that championship belt. Now, as that's going on, Bailey's shocked and appalled at what's going on. Shotzi gets the pin and wins the match. And again, this match was uh, 9 minutes and 17 seconds, with Shotzi's record being 10 and 20. It's going to need some work, but she'll get there. But Bailey's is worse. Hers is 
45 and 46 with two draws. Uh, ding dong, you're on a losing streak. At least he's not defeated. Like, no. the, like the Miz was. Hey, 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 hey. He picked up a win, so he's a winner, alright? I guess we'll just have to see how he does against LA Knight. Yeah, we will, won't we? And I'm not doing that just to play to the audience here. Yeah, you roll your eyes at me. What have you suddenly turned against LA Knight? No. I thought he was one of your favorites. Yeah, him and the Miz. Oh, you got to pick a side on this one, don't you? I'm a winner either way with those two. If you want, we can go over who who we think is going to win what. All right. All right. So, for the main event of SmackDown, since I was easily distracted. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, yeah, you go ahead and snicker about that. I'll get you. You had AJ Styles trying to uh, get revenge on being attacked backstage by Solo Sokoa because AJ Styles was trying to confront Jimmy Uso uh, for showing disrespect to Mi Chin during an interview. Well, Paul Heyman didn't come out to the ring till about halfway through the match. The match lasted about 12 minutes, 8 seconds, with Solo Sokoa picking up the win by pinfall because Jimmy came to the ring and decided to help out his little brother. Well, did I save the time already? 12 minutes and 8 seconds? If so, too bad. AJ Styles' record is 8 and 9. Not bad, AJ. Solo Sokoa's, however, is 29 and 17 with one draw. That concludes WWE. And now, Chris is going to read the results from. AEW. I like that. Yeah. Uh, for the August 30th edition of AEW, of AEW Dynamite, coming to us from the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, you had John Moxley against Commander with Alex Abrahantos at ringside, where John Moxley won by submission after eight minutes and 47 seconds, bringing John Moxley's record to 23 and eight, and Commander's to one and 12. He's not doing so good. Commander? No. no. He's not in command of Diddley right now. I say good job, John. He's just getting warmed up for All Out. Oh, yeah, that's right. He has that match with Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. And the title's on the line. So the we're international gonna have to title, yes. Next, you had for the the New Japan uh, open strong open weight. Had a bit of a time reading that. Oh, yeah. Uh, championship. You had Wheeler Yuta against Eddie Kingston, where Ed- Eddie Kingston retained by pinfall after 8 minutes and 48 seconds, uh, bringing Wheeler Yuta's record to 11-2, and two, and Eddie Kingston's record is, is now 7-2. and two. Then you had Chris Statlander and Hik- Hikaru Shida and Britt Baker teaming against Nyla Rose. Uh-uh. Oh, sorry, DMD. The Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. She did not go to years of schooling to become a dentist and be called Britt Britt Baker. Sorry. Put some respect on that name, boy. Chris Statlander, Hikaru Shida, and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Thank you. Against Nyla Rose, Emi Sakura, and Marina Schaefer, where Statlander pinned Schaefer after 7 minutes and 16 seconds, bringing Statlander's record to 10-1, which is really good. Very good. 
uh, Fida is re- her record is eleven and three. Mm-hmm. Doctor Britt Baker DMD her Thank record you. her record is eleven and seven. Uh, Nyla Rose is even with eleven and eleven. Mm. Emi Sakura is eleven and ten. Schaefer is twelve and ten. Okay. Then you had for the AEW International Championship, Orange Cassidy successfully retaining his title against Penta L Zero Miedo with Alex Abrahantes at ringside. He retains by pinfall after 16 minutes and 53 seconds, uh, bringing his record to 40 and 4. And Penta, his record is now 11 and 10. Moving on to Rampage, the September 1st edition, coming to us from the same place, the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. They started off with the number one contendership for the Ring of Honor, uh, sorry, Battle Royal for the Ring of Honor World Tag Championship, currently being held by MJF and Adam Cole. You better believe it, baby. Uh, You had Dark Order successfully winning against the Best Friends, the Outrunners, Aussie Open, the Righteous, the Wingmen, the Hardys, Action Andretti and Darius Martin, and the Gates of Agony, and the Butcher and the Blade. They, they won after uh, 11 minutes and 38 seconds. Who won? The, the Dark Order. Okay. Uh, bringing Alex Reynolds' record to 13 and 8. John Silver is 13 and 8 as well. I just realized I should probably take some reading. It's different if most of these are tag teams. Go for it. Uh, Dark Order is a 13 and 8. That being Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Kyle Fletcher is 10 and 8. Uh, his tag partner Mark Davis is 6 and 5. Alex Reynolds, oh wait, I, just, I started over there, Mr. White. Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. Uh, Chuck Taylor is 9 and 15. Trent Beretta is 11 and 18. Truth Magnum is 1 and 6. Turbo Floyd is 1 and 5. So they, they're not doing all that good, I guess. No. Yeah. Dutch and Vincent are both zero and one, so it looks like that could potentially be the start. That, that the start was, of a defeated streak. And that's their and that's the uh, Righteous's tag team debut too in in AEW. Yeah. Not a good start for the Righteous. Not very righteous, are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, then you had Bishop Khan and Toa Leona, who Bishop Khan is two and six, and Toa Leona is two and five. Peter Avalon is two and twelve. Ryan Namath, his tag partner, is one and fourteen. Jeff Hardy is five and six, and Matt Hardy is thirteen and four. Action Andretti is seven and fifteen. Darius Martin is eleven and fifteen. The Blade and the Butcher are both three and twenty-one. Uh, then you had El Hio, Del Vikingo, and Nick Wayne team against Gringo Loco and Kip Sabian. That was an excellent match. It was the the aerial stuff that you over here had Vikingo doing. I know. Which I think I got an, another guy to add to my little. If I made it a stable, he would be in it. Yeah. I got a long list of guys that would be in my stable with the current rosters in the world of professional wrestling right now. Uh, El Hero de Vikingo won uh, with Nick Wayne by pinning. Gr- well. Vikingo pinned Gringo Loco after 8 minutes and 25 seconds, bringing 
a Vikingos record to five and four, Wayne's to two and two, Gungo Loco at zero oh and one, and Kip Sapien at five and twelve. What were you gonna say? I was just happy. You know, what, you know Nick Wayne's record is improving. Yeah, maybe the what was it? The Mogul Embassy. That's what it was. Uh, I was getting confused with their tag team name. Uh, maybe they'll leave him alone for a bit after this. What Who knows? With, uh, Olsen, Who knows? Maybe. Then you had Hangman Adam Page against Brian Keith. Uh, bounty hunter of sorts. Where Adam Page won by pinfall after 3 minutes and 40 seconds. This being Keith's debut where he's now 0-1. and one, And Adam Page, his record is currently 10-5. and five. Uh, Sky, then you had Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale team against Anna J and Tyre Valkyrie, where Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale won after Blue, after Sky Blue pinned Anna J after eight minutes and 29 seconds, bringing Sky Blue's record to 18 and 18. She's even. Willow Nightingale is at 16 and nine. Anna J is at one and three, and Tyre Valkyrie is at 10 and seven. Is Anna J not looking so good after that branch off from the. No, JAS. from the JAS, no. But it looks like she's confided in a new friend in Taya Valkyrie, it looks like. We'll have to see how that goes. Yeah, maybe. Then, you for on September 2nd, you had Collision at the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I can tell you have something to say about mm-hmm. this one. But Keep we'll, going. But we'll probably just... Mm-hmm. We'll get to it. Uh, that, that's just kind of going to... Throwing you that. off a bit there, son? Maybe a tiny bit. That's just kind of going to end up sitting there until we get to the rant bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's going to be the main event. Oh, well, okay. I didn't know we were moving that to the main event. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the main event. But you, oh, wait. Need, I, okay. I didn't even discuss this before. Yeah. yeah. I forgot. Sorry. For the AEW Tag Championship, uh, currently being held by the Acclaimed and Billy Gunn. The Trio Championship. Yeah. Forgot the trio bit. You had Daniel Garcia and Mint. Matt Menard and Angela Parker, formerly with the MJF, not MJF, but uh, JAS. JAS. Lots of acronym things. Very much. Uh, they challenged for the titles and didn't win them after the acclaimed ended up retaining when let's Max Caster pinned Angela Parker after 8 minutes and 38 seconds, bringing everyone's records to Garcia being 11 and 16. Matt Menard being seven and thirteen, Angela Parker being seven and twelve. Uh, typo or something with the acclaims records. Uh, I guess the printer had issues or something there. Kind of. Bid's not there. Really? That was a typo. All right. Well, continue on with the next match. I bet their records are good. In fact, Perfect. I'll go ahead and I'll try to look them up for you as you're reading the next match. All right. Then you had Aussie Open against Commander and Nick Wayne with Alex Albertanzas at ringside. So it looks like doing double work this week for everyone involved in this match. It seems that's what's going on in AEW here lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? No. Keep reading. Oh. Okay. You had this. This ended up 
having Aussie Open winning by Kyle Fletcher pinning Nick Wayne after 7 minutes and 54 seconds. You have, as for the records, you have Kyle Fletcher at 10 and 9, Mark Davis at 6 and 6, Commander at 2 and 12, and Nick Wayne now at 3 and 2. So he could be on a potential maybe winning streak if he keeps finding good tag partners like the ones he's been tagging with. Yeah. Uh, got Anthony Bowen's record. He is 25 and 4. Um, no, he didn't win this one. Billy Gunn's record is 13 and 2. Keep reading, I'll look up Max. Okay. Then you had the Outcast against Chris, Chris Statlander, Dr. Britt Baker, the uh, DMD, and Hikaru Shida. Where you have the outcasts surprisingly still not being all that split up after what happened at All In. Yeah, I beg to differ. Uh, Max Caster's record, 27 and 4. No, what happened during that match was Tony Storm el- elbow drops on top of Soraya, and that kind of jumbled some things up. No, I mean, they still came away with the win. Luckily, there was definitely- it was, was Soraya and Ruby's efforts. Yeah, I think for a period of time, Tony Storm was just outside of the ring. Yeah, during that match, which had us wondering where she was at. Uh, with that, uh, Ruby Soho picked up the pin against Dr. Burt Baker DMD after eight minutes and eleven seconds. This brings Soraya's record to seven and three, Ruby's record to ele- sixteen and seven. Tony Storm's record to 19 and 9. Not Chris, much deserved win for her, but okay. Chris Statlander at 10 and 2. Dr. Britt Baker DMD 11 and 8. Hikaroshida at 11 and 4. Okay. Then you had Powerhouse Hobbs against GPA. A quick win. Yeah, you might as well call it a squash match. It was it wasn't even 10 seconds long. Mm, that's what they're gonna call it is a squash match, because GPA what, <laughs> he got pinned in nine seconds. Yeah. His in his and this was his debut, 0 and one. Powerhouse Hobbs record is now twenty five and six. And Miro after that came out to fight him. So mm. I, they have that They that have a match, match at all out. Yep. Yeah. Then you had one of our another one. I forgot to say the potential matches of the week as we went through this, but no, it's okay. We got we got a whole segment for that. You don't worry. Uh, you had Jay White uh, with Bullet Club Gold at ringside against Dax Harwood with Cash Wheeler at ringside, where Jay White pinned Dax Harwood after 10 minutes, not 10 minutes, but tw- 20 minutes and 12 seconds, where bringing his record to 11 and four. Uh, for Jay White in 10 and 11. 10 11. Dax, Dax Harwood is 10 and 5, and Jay White is 11 and 4. I must be really throwing you off with this whole thing today. Yeah. All right. Well, if that's it for that one, then I have no problem going on ahead and introducing the results for Ring of Honor. All right. The August 31st edition of Ring of Honor comes from the Rupp Arena in Lexington, Lexington, Kentucky. Why am I getting ones that are from... Anyway. Uh, to start off the night, they decided to go ahead and have the New Japan uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling World Television title match against Zack Sabre Jr. 
the defending champion against uh, new member Metalik, uh, formerly of the Lucha House Party of WWE, if you remember that faction, as I go cross-eyed. Uh, match was about 20, it was 8 minutes and 28 seconds with Zack Sabre picking up the win by submission. This makes uh, Zack's record 6-0 and undefeated as far as Ring of Honor's standards go, but Metalik's record is 4-5. and Next, we had Josh Woods with Mark Sterling at ringside taking on John Walters. Match ended in 2 minutes and 39 seconds via submission. Josh Woods picking up the win with that. His record is now 5-6, and six, whereas Walters is... His Ring of Honor debut is 0-1. We miss you, Bob Parker. Lee Moriarty and the horse and the workhorsemen team together to take on Beef and Invictus Cash and Lord Crew. Ring of Honor is getting some weird names. I mean, you got the Boulder, then you got Cheeseburger, now you got Beef. Next is gonna be chicken and pork and fish all the other food groups well Lee Moriarty and the workhorsemen pick up the win with Drake uh, pinning beef in 4 minutes and 19 seconds uh, Moriarty's record is now 8 and 3 whereas the workhorsemen's records are now 2 and 15 beef cash and crew all defeated where beef and cash making their ring of honor debut uh, they're both 0-1, whereas Crew is 0-2. Next up, we have Cole Carter uh, with Maria Canellis Bennett, me uh, Maria, member of the kingdom. Uh, potential, I believe she's probably scouting Cole here as a potential uh, future member of the kingdom. I mean, they're on a roll right now. They could be picking up Roderick Strong. Cole Carter could be the next member. Uh, he's taking on Dustin Jackson. Ma match only lasted, because this is Dustin Jackson's debut, uh, match lasted only a minute and 24 seconds with Cole Carter picking up the win by pinfall. Carter's record is now 4-3 and three with, after the match, Maria Canellas kind of looking at him in a very interesting way to where the commentators were saying, she's married and has children, what is she doing? And... I, I can't explain it for her. I'm not a spokesperson of the kingdom. If I was, uh, guys, hit me up. Jackson's record is 0-1. Next, we have Emmy Sakura taking on Alice Crowley. In a 3-minute and 11-second match, Emmy wins by pinfall, making her record 1-1, one one, whereas Crowley's record, with her being the debut... 0-1, a lot of debuts today going on in AEW and uh, Ring of Honor. Next, we have the Spanish Announce Project, Odale, taking on the Outrunners. And Outrunners lose this match in 4 minutes and 50 seconds to Spanish Announce Project, or SAP, as they like to be abbreviatedly called. Cute. Angelo uh, picks up the win for his team by making Floyd submit. Angelo's record, Angelico, I'm sorry, Angelico. 
His record is now 3-3, three and three, whereas Serpentico is 3-8. and eight. And, of course, the Outrunners have a shared record of 0-3. So, as far as their Ring of Honor record goes, they're defeated. Next up, we had Marina Shafir pulling double duty, as it were, taking on Angela Risk. In a 2-minute, 34-second match, Marina Shafir, of course, as a part of the Four Horsemen of Mixed Martial Arts, friend of Ronda Rousey. I don't think she wants to be associated with Ronda after what happened at SummerSlam. Uh, Marina Shafir picks up the win by submission, with her record being 2-0 in Ring of Honor, whereas Risk took a big one and is still 0-3. Next up for the main event, we had the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team title match with the Mogul Embassy, with Prince Nana, defending their titles against Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and Lee Johnson. It seems like Action Andretti and Darius Martin just really, 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 really want those titles from Mogul Embassy. It seems like every week they're taking them on. Meanwhile, after I woke up from my brief snoozer, Mogul Embassy picks up the win with Cage uh, pinning Johnson in 9 minutes and 45 seconds with Khan and uh, Toa Leona's records being 19-0 Brian Cage's record being 21-0 Congrats boys Andretti's is 10-5 Martin's is 11-10 while Lee Johnson's is 1-3 and And that as they say, as they say in the business, is that for Ring of Honor? Chris, I believe you've got what's going on in Impact for the August 31st edition of Impact, coming to us from the Rebel Entertainment Complex in in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. You have they start off with a number one contender battle royal for the Impact World Knockouts Championship where Alicia Edwards came out on top against Courtney Rush, Jessica, Jody Threat, Kilo Kelly, Killian King, Masha Samovich, Savannah Evans, and Giselle Shaw. Kind of weird to see some people that are part of the same faction going against each other, especially with uh, Savannah Evans and Giselle Shaw. Mm. Maybe they just wanted to double up their chances of... I think so. Yeah. Uh, Next you had... Crazy Steve against Mike Bailey with Mike Bailey kind of winning in a disqualification thing. Uh, if I remember right, Black Taurus came out and started attacking it's him. It's Taurus or Black Taurus? Taurus. Taurus. Yeah. Basically a guy with a black bull as for a head. He was uh, Crazy Steve's ta- team partner. And the thing that kind of threw me off is that Crazy, Crazy Steve attacked, attacked him after that. Uh, after this qual- the disqualification. I guess because it cost him the match. I mean, come on. I would be yeah. too. The the match time before that was just 16 seconds. Hmm. So, another short match. Not not nine seconds, but a little, almost twice that. Yeah. This brings Crazy Steve's record to 2-12, and, and Bailey's record to not, not uh, from damage control, but uh, Mike Bailey. Did you uh, go over the previous matches' records? Yeah. Okay. No, wait. No, I didn't. No. no. Uh, I'll just finish that up after this. 
and Mike Bailey's record being 9-14-1. Then back to the uh, previous match. Because I forgot the record. You have... I'm really trying to watch today, guys. Uh, at least that it... If, not, at least yep. I didn't bring that anything up about the staple gun or the barbecue skewers. Yeah, that's not phasing me right now. Yeah, I guess it's not. Yeah, it's not phasing me today. Uh, Go on. Alicia Edwards won that match by eliminating both Jody, Jody Threat and Killian King. As At the same time, by the way. Yeah. Uh, after seven minutes and four seconds. This brings everyone's record to Edwards being two and three, Rush being three and five, Jessica being four and nine, Jody Threat being eight and four, Killer Kelly being nine and eight, Killian King being seven and nine, uh, Slamovich being nine and seven, uh, Savannah Evans being one and twelve. So she's not doing all that great right now either. Nope. And Giselle Shaw being seven and seventeen. For the third match, you had Khan against Eric Young, where Eric Young won by pinfall after 8 minutes and 56 seconds, uh, bringing his record to 5-0. and oh, He's currently undefeated. All right, Eric. Uh, and Khan's record being not undefeated, he is 4-10. and 10. Mm. So not exactly working out in his favor then. No. Probably not for the design as a whole. The fourth match was Zachary Wentz with Trey McGill against Chris Saban uh, with Alex Shelley at ringside, where Chris Saban won by pinfall after 9 minutes and 29 seconds. Uh, so he picked up the win there. This, this was made after like some backstage stuff that they were having problems with. Mm-hmm. You had Zachary Wentz. His record is now 5-1. and one. So he's doing pretty good so far, this being his first loss. And Chris Saban is now 17-10. and 10. For the, final, the main event match, you had Eddie Edwards, Brian Myers, and Moose against Frankie Kazarian, Jake, Jake uh, something. I think that was his name. Jake something. And Sonata. I keep forgetting Jake something. It's something. I found You're something. trying to play a dad joke on me, aren't you? Yeah, I guess that won't yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had Jake something pinning Brian Myers after 9 minutes and 57 seconds. This brings everyone's records to Edwards being 9 and 13, Brian Myers being 9 and 13 as well, and Moose also being 9 and 13. They're kind of a faction tag team thing now. Frankie Kazarian being 9 and 13 despite not being with them there's four people that are 9 and 13 in this match I gotcha Jake something is 4 and 2 and Sonata is 2 and 0 currently undefeated nice alright well that closes out the results for the week I hope you guys have caught up now at least for results yes we still gotta go over the so now I'm gonna go ahead we're gonna save it we're gonna switch some things around first i'm gonna go ahead and do the history section and then we're gonna go ahead and do news so let me give you guys a bit of this week in wrestling history all right all for you uneducated fans of pro wrestling let me give you a quick history lesson here and what has happened this week on august 
27th of 2000, the first ever TLC, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs, not the music group, Idgets, took place... What? I didn't know there was a music group named TLC. <laughs> those are for those that actually know that TLC was a music group, and that's okay because you're, you're young. TLC was big in the 90s, way before your time. Anyway, the first ed ever TLC match took place at SummerSlam that year, which was a triple threat tag match between Edge and Christian, the Hardys, and the Dudleys, where Edge and Christian picked up the win to retain their belts. Next up, on August the 28th, back in 1989, the second ever SummerSlam main event took uh, SummerSlam pay-per-view took place. Main event was in New Jersey and featured the WWE pay-per-view debut of one Dusty Rhodes. Elsewhere on the card saw the Ultimate Warrior win the Intercontinental title for a second time after beating Ravishing Rick Rude in a slight assist from Rowdy Rowdy Piper showing what was under his kilt. This game. In the main event, you had Macho Man Randy Savage and his partner Zeus. If you don't know who that is, go watch the movie No Holds Barred with Hulk Hogan. And if you're familiar with how who that guy is, yes, it's Debo from the movie Friday. And if you haven't seen Friday and you're old enough to watch it, go watch it. If not, you need to wait till you're 18 to watch it. <clears throat> anyway, they were defeated by Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. On August 29th, 1992, since we were talking about All In in the last episode, it was SummerSlam that took place in Wembley Stadium. Now, the fans at this SummerSlam were just 80,000. If we remember the numbers from All In's SummerSlam, or not All In's SummerSlam, See, I'm so frustrated, I can't even think straight right now. So if those who are laughing and correcting at me, shh. So All In's numbers, their fans in attendance was 81,035, whereas WWE pulled out 80,000 in 92. At that point, in that time, it was the largest less, uh, legit uh, estimate attendance for any professional wrestling event in history. In the main event, that doesn't make sense really because if you looked at WrestleMania 3's numbers, 93,000, come on now. Anyway, in the main event you had England's very own British Bulldog Davey Boy Smith take the Intercontinental Championship away from his brother-in-law Bret the Hitman Hart. It was a great match and it's on one of, and it's on my list of favorite matches. If anyone uh, who has Peacock, by all means, go watch it. You'll see what I mean. August 30th, 1993. Another SummerSlam. But this SummerSlam featured the last appearance, in-ring appearance, by the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. As an active wrestler in the ring, anyway. He lost in the opening match to Razor Ramon. Also on the pay-per-view card... Um, was both the Intercontinental and the World Championship matches that were decided by Countout. Shawn Michaels retained the Intercontinental title against Mr. Perfect and Lex Luger beat Yokozuna and it wasn't by pinfall or submission. The belt stayed all around the 
well, in this case, on the shoulder of Yokozuna. Because if we remember, Yokozuna was a big guy and the belt didn't even fit. Bonsai. August 31st, 2009, a little bit recent for you here. The second AEW pay-per-view since we got All Out, uh, come, uh, All Out this week. All Out came to us from the Sears Center in Chicago. Kind of funny how they're going back to Chicago. On the pre-show, Nyla Rose won the 21-woman Casino Battle Royale to become number one contender for the AEW Women's World Championship. Main event saw Chris Jericho beat Adam Hangman Page to become the first ever and inaugural AEW World Champion. This would mean that Jericho will go down as the first person in history to have held the world title in WWE, WCW, and AEW. And lastly, for the history, on August the 2nd, 2002, I'm sorry, September the 2nd, 2002, because now we're going into September. Following undisputed WWE champion Brock Lesnar's revelation that he would he would only wrestle on, on SmackDown from then on, the Monday Night Raw general manager, Eric Bischoff, introduced the WWE World Heavyweight Championship and made it as made it at its main event title and gave it to Triple H. Notable birthdays that this week. August 27th, Sergeant Slaughter celebrating his birthday. The Great Kali celebrating his. Jazz celebrating her birthday. Legendary cowboy wrestler on August 29th celebrating his birthday, Stan Henson. And on August 31st, we got three that you are everyone's familiar with. Jeff Hardy celebrating his birthday. Uh, legendary wrestler mickey james former knockouts champion celebrating her birthday and current ring of honor world women's champion athena celebrating her birthday today and that does it for history now we can go on to it's now time for the cross promo wrestling news all right, so I'll go ahead and start first. Rome, we're, first thing we're going to talk about is Roman Reign, Roman's three-year reign. Roman As of Jane. August, yes, I know, play on words. It was when I was in a good mood. As of August 30th of this year, our tribal chief, yes, I said it, I acknowledge him. If you don't like it, tough answer to the chief himself. Roman Reigns has now held the newly renamed WWE Undisputed Universal Championship for three years. That's 1,095 days for those who never graduated basic math. His reign began back in 2020 at Payback when he defeated both Braun Strowman and the late and great Bray Wyatt. The Tribal Chiefs, I'm sorry, our Tribal Chiefs, Chief's next milestone is to surpass Hulk Hogan's title reign of 1,474 days. That's about four years for those short of intelligent chromosomes. Now, in the 
1,095 days as undisputed Universal Champion, our Tribal Chief has defended his championship and the Island of Relevancy 29 times. Chris, what do you have? Gail Kim and Awesome Kong return to Impact. Uh, Impact Hall of Fame wrestlers Gail Kim and Awesome Kong both return to have one match on the history thousandth episode of impact that's going to be i think if i remember right uh this coming week i believe so uh where kim has not made been in an impact ring since her loss to tessa blanchard at rebellion in 2019 kong has been away longer she has not been there since her last match with velvet sky on a september 2016 episode of impact the the match will be taking place at the the Westchester County Center in White Plains, New York, and will be on air on Access TV on September 14th. Okay. Well, Impact is about to get graceful since we're on this story of Impact. Fightful. I believe Fightful Wrestling or Fightful Select. I can't... I'm using them as a, uh, as a source here. They have reported this week that Impact Wrestler... Jordan Grace has re-signed with Impact Wrestling. Former knockout champion has re-signed for two years. During uh, Impact's emergence pay-per-view, they had announced that Grace will be returning at September's pay-per-view, Victory Road. The last we saw of Grace, it was back in May after losing to Deanna Perrazzo at under, uh, the pay-per-view at Under Siege. With the match stipulation that if Grace were to lose, she would not challenge for the knockout championship as long as it's around the waist of Deanna Perrazzo. For the next story, we have putting the EST in rest, where you have former WWE Women's Champion Bianca Belair will be taking some time off, according to Sean Ross Sapp at Fightful Wrestling. Uh, I think that was the same source as the last mm-hmm. one. Where Belair could be out for about three months... As to why she's taking this long time off, uh, it can be speculated that this is due to the aftermath of Damage Control's attack on her during that post-match backstage interview on the August 18th edition of SmackDown. Yeah, they took out her name. Yeah. All right. Next up, State of the Bloodline. Well, I'll give you some story here. When making an appearance on WWE's Wednesday's weekly show, The Bump, Our wise man, Paul Heyman, uh, was asked what he thought of uh, Jimmy Uso might say at this past Friday Night Smackdown. He said, and I'm quoting him directly now, uh, and of course, this is according, the quotes are according to WWE's The Bump and Wrestling Incorporated because they are the ones that had transcribed this. Quote, I have no idea what Jimmy's going to say. I'm as intrigued as you are. I wouldn't ask for Jimmy to humble himself enough to offer an apology to the tribal chief or to the wise man. The wise man continues, quote, I forgot to put an end quote there, but now we're doing a new quote, quote, we would obviously accept it, but I don't know what Jimmy is going to say in regards to the Usos future, Heyman, end quote, in regards to the Usos future, Heyman simply stated, quote, Jay's the right hand man. And Jay's an extraordinary talent, and half of the greatest tag team of all time. 
I will miss the Usos together, and Jay deprived us of that. That's not the white. Uh, that's not on the wise man. That's not even on Jimmy. That's not on your tribal chief. That's on Jay. End quote. Oh, that was signal for me to start. Yeah, that was yeah. New pay-per-view dream. Mark your PLE slash a PPV pay-per-view calendars because Tony Khan had announced that this week there will be a new pay-per-view event coming to AEW. Well, it's not this week, but that's when he announced it. Uh, the event is going to be called Wrestle Dream, and it will be at the Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, on October 1st. Khan stated that the show will be coinciding with the one-year anniversary of the death of former, uh, not former, but wrestling legend. He, he used to do wrestling, I guess. Uh, yeah. Antonio uh, in Onaki's. You got it. That, right? You got it. Uh, his death. The event will be followed by AEW's full gear on November 18th at the Kia Forum in Inglewood, California. All right. Well, before we get on to my last news story, we need to go ahead and do match of the week because this last story is tying into the main event. I also have one story left. Uh, but I guess we'll get after that, too. Yes. All right. So we're going to continue on by covering match of the week. All right, Chris, give us a list by promotion who we thought match of the uh, the match of the week contestants should be for well, we we did something a little different. We instead of just skipping straight to match of the week, we did match of the night for each uh, show that every promotion had. Yeah, we're changing things up. Don't like it. Mm. For Raw, we had the match of the week was Ludwig Kaiser against Chad Gable. Mm-hmm. NXT, it was Roxanne Perez versus Gigi Dolan versus Blair Davenport against Kiana James. Mm-hmm. SmackDown, it was AJ Styles versus Solo Sokoa. Correct. For AEW Dynamite, there was the title defense of Orange Cassidy against Penta L Zero Miedo. Definitely. Rampage, it was that the match with El Hio Del Vikingo and Nick Wayne teaming against Gringo Loco and Kip Sabian. Collision, it was that Jay White-Dax Harwood match. Okay. Chris, who do you think should get match of the week? We still have Ring of Honor. In oh, go ahead. Continue. Uh, on Ring of Honor, it was the it was the New Japan World Television title defense with Zack Sabre defending against Metalik. And Impact, it was Zachary Wentz against Chris Sabin. Okay, so who do you think should get match of the week? I think this week it's going to be between that mat, the Jay White and Dax Harwood match, and the El Hijo del Vikingo match on Rampage. So what do you think? Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I, I picked some good ones. Didn't you I? picked some good ones there because I'm picking too. ones that are different from yours. I would be picking the Orange Cassidy. And Penta El Zero Mierdo. I would be picking that match. Because that was an intense title defense for Orange Cassidy. And granted, it's like it took place on Dynamite, so it was taking place days before his title defense coming up at All Out. He probably should be getting rest with such an opponent coming up for him at that pay per view. But you're going up against Penta El Zero Mierdo, so that's going to be like. A lot of work there just trying to keep up with him you know 
Um, so we need to weigh this out now. You pick two matches. I pick one. Hmm. And I say it's Orange Cassidy and Penta El Zero Mierdo. So out of your two matches, you need to pick one. This is going to be representing the first week of September. Or the actually the last week of August, I should say, really. The, the one with Vikingo. That one was... You picked a really good one there. That one was really good, too. Vikingo has got a lot of promise. I mean, he is a current AAA champion. Um... Hmm. We could, uh, we could leave it up to the emails. Emails. Like, they email us. Come on. We give our emails on our TikToks. We give it on our show. But no one emails us or gives us their opinions about anything. Well, I mean, to be fair, I kind of forget the email half the time, too. So. It doesn't matter. Even when you say it right and whenever I put it on the TikTok for them to visually see, they don't email us. Didn't, was the C missing off of that last one? Uh-huh. You want to critique me on, on on doing cutting and pasting and editing and all that stuff for TikToks? Depends. Uh-huh. Right. Maybe. The point of the matter is, we've been putting out, what, 20, 19 times, or 19 times of our, on our show about our emails, and we get diddly. We want to hear <laughs> from you guys. We really want to know, are we just over here jabbering our our gums here and just talking? Just him and I having a conversation? We don't know because no one's emailing us. We need you guys to email us. I'm still going with Orange Cassidy and Penta. If you want to leave it to them, we'll leave it to them. Sure, let's be faithful on this one. Who do you all think should win the match? Should it should win match of the week? close out August we got Orange Cassidy and Penta El Zero Mierdo for the AEW International Championship or is it the Rampage match El Hijo del Vikingo and Nick Wayne taking on Gringo Loco and Kip Sabian or if you want you can pick one of the other matches that was listed oh yeah make it even more complicated I mean, if they have a differing opinion from us, I mean... Well, I, I would love to hear to. it because we've been on, we've been going at this for, what, several months now? A couple of months? And we haven't gotten one email? Not even one person giving us their predictions or their thoughts on the show or anything like that? And that's not the thing that's upsetting me. What I'm about to talk about here pretty soon is going to be the thing that upsets me here on the main event. Oh, it was the thing with CM Punk? Uh-huh. And with that... <laughs> My boy, that was what you call a good transition. It's now time for the cross promo. Wait, we got to finish the news event. first. It's part of the news. You want to be correcting me over oh. here because there's a lot that goes with this. So, so consider sorry. this my rant, if you want to call it that. So if uh, since everybody knows via TikTok and everything like that, they heard about the all-in altercation and of course cm punk at the center of it sean ross sap of fightful wrestling has reported this week that there was an altercation that transpired prior to the mat final match of aew's all-in final hour pre-show before the the major pay-per-view event the ones involved were jack perry or jungle boy or whatever you want to call him and cm punk 
It was made of note that Perry and Punk had a verbal argument over the use of real glass during a collision taping. Meaning they, Jungle Boy or Jack Perry was considering it, doing it, at, doing this, uh, planning on slamming Hook through a, uh, a windshield or real glass. And Punk was like, are you crazy? You don't do that. So they get into a verbal altercation about it. Insiders also included that the confrontation happened before Punk was about to head out to the ring with his match with Samoa Joe. Immediately after the altercation, Perry was asked to leave Wembley Stadium. Well, there's apparently a lot that was going on there because then right after it was reported later on in the week, they conf uh, multiple insiders had confirmed that CM Punk and Jack Perry were suspended from AEW. Now, the reason why they were going to do this was because there was going to be an in investigation into what had happened to this altercation. And a lot were saying that it got physical, that CM Punk choked out Jack Perry, put him in a headlock and choked him out. Um... I'm trying to look at all these news reports because there's a lot of them. I mean, let's let's go over what anyone saw if they did watch Zero Hour was right before he tried to uh, before he attempted to slam Hook through the windshield. Perry slaps on the slaps the windshield and goes, "See, look at that, real glass, cry me a river." No one knew what the heck they meant was he was talking about there. It's, I was kind of confused because it was like, don't. Don't they normally use real glass in cars, or what would the exception to that be? I don't know. Um, after, this is how we all knew that there something had happened. Tony Khan, during his little press conference, talked about, uh, I understand everybody knows that there was an altercation earlier this evening. I can't, and he says, and quoting him from, fightful wrestling quote i can't comment on it at this time beyond what i'm about to say yes there was an incident backstage before we went live on tonight's show end quote nothing going you know and then we had they had the investigation investigating jack perry and cm punk on what had led to this because apparently now this is the second altercation backstage that cm punk has had because the first one, it was with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. This one now is with Jack Perry. Well, much, much investigation. And it came down to this. And I'm going to read this statement. Because it is a statement from All Elite Wrestling. And Tony Khan. Big-eyed Tony Khan. I say that because anytime he gets on the microphone... He's got big eyes. Statement from All Elite Wrestling and Tony Khan. All Elite Wrestling has terminated the wrestler and employment agreements between Philip Brooks, CM Punk's, and yeah, we're going to pull the curtain back on for you people, and AEW with cause. Effective immediately. The termination was confirmed today by Tony Khan, CEO, general manager, and head of creative of AEW. The termination follows a week-long internal investigation of an incident occurring backstage at AEW. 
all in London on Saturday. I may and I am reminding you I'm reading a copy directly of this statement. Following the investigation, the AEW Discipline Committee met and later convened with outside legal counsel, meaning Tony Khan's lawyers, before making a unanimous recommendation that Khan to Khan that CM Punk be terminated with cause. In doing so, Tony Khan had released this statement with this whole thing. Quote, Phil played an important, an important role within AEW, and I thank him for his contributions. The termination of his AEW contracts with cause is ultimately my decision and mine alone. Of course, I wish I didn't have to share this news, which may come as a disappointment to many of our fans. Many? Try majority, Tony. Nevertheless, I am making the decision in the best interest of the, uh, the many amazing people who make AEW possible every week. Our talent, staff, venue operators, and many others whose efforts are unsung but essential to bringing our fans great shows on television and at arenas and stadiums throughout the world, end quote. Okay? So, that news broke Saturday. That Tony Khan had fired CM Punk. And prior to Collision starting, they had a video intro to Collision of Tony Khan, big-eyed and microphone in hand, right in front of his face. So he's doing, you know, that. And stating it was a difficult thing for him to do, blah, blah, blah. And... And he, he goes off and says, you know, I've been to multiple wrestling shows throughout my life. And this is the only wrestling show I went to where I felt unsafe. Where I feared I may get hurt. And then he mentions the employees, you know, and the talent and everything. And he doesn't want someone who's uh, to be working in a hostile working environment. And, I mean, there would be jokes galore. It's like, Tony, you're running a wrestling company. It is a hostile working environment because you got wrestlers that are trying to climb that proverbial ladder to get to the top. Now, and I know you and I had sworn we would not talk or complain or anything like that about how someone runs a company. Because, granted, yes, we do not own wrestling promotions we don't have a hand or a hat in any pervert in, no pun intended a, a, a hat in a ring of professional wrestling because i believe in the philosophy of if you know we don't if we're not a part of it and we don't have any any contribution to it we should not have any complaints but I'm I'm just going to point several things out here. All right. Several. All right. All right. So it's been reported several times. CM Punk is fired. We don't know what's going on with Jack Perry. We don't know if he's going to be suspended for how long and if he's or if he's going to be reinstated. 
Um, but here's what I'm not understanding. And anyone who's listening, you're either for me, with me, or against me. I really don't care. This is the mood I'm in right now about this whole situation. Because, yes, I'm a CM Punk fan. But I'm also a fan of getting all information. Well, before I continue, your thoughts on this whole thing, Chris, fully. Give give everyone your full thoughts on this. Full disclosure on how you feel about how this whole thing has gone down. Confused. I, I would say I'm definitely confused because I remember us watching that, the after show brief, briefing that Tony Khan and the others did. Uh, and, he, and him mentioning some back, backstage alteration. And neither of us knew what had happened at that point. Uh, and then come to find out it was something with CM Punk again. So. And then not to mention all the back and forth. Like I guess theories. I think we, we'll call them. Uh, what has happened where I think you said something about Miro uh, could have happened involving him. Uh, I'm not sure how Tony Khan is involved directly in all this to where he was threatened. Uh, and then at some point I remember hearing uh, someone said that they sent uh, CM Punk to try and sort it out. And then... Because if uh, one possible story is that they sent him to sort it out, uh, he does that, it escalates, and now he's fired again. Which, if that is just the case, and nobody actually was hurt, which remember we don't know anything beyond CM Punk was fired and that there was a there's some kind of backstage thing that happened. So if anybody was hurt, then I I am sorry for that. But we don't know what's going on right now. Uh, at least not the full, the full accurate straight story on that. So for the most part, I'm not gonna try. I'm gonna try not to comment on that till I know exactly what's going on. Well, you've led me into my point. Okay, I'm looking at ESPN, CBS. ESPN said something about it. E- ESPN had said something about it. <laughs> Uh, don't talk I'm about looking at much, um, Wrestling Observer. I'm also looking at um, um, Bleacher Report, uh, Fan Nation, Forbes, mag- you know, Forbes Magazine, all reporting this, in, you know, the whole entire firing. And I'm reading through, and I'll read you through one, and I'm going to be citing this source, of course. It's CBS. Uh, they're reporting... Uh, that CM Punk and Perry had a prior argument when CM Punk reportedly tried to talk Perry out of a planned spot in a match in which Perry intended to use real glass and result in uh, his being written off television for a week. Punk reportedly told Perry the spot was too dangerous. Um... After wrestling at the all-in pre-show, Punk spoke into the camera saying it's real glass, Crimea River, led to a confrontation between Perry and Punk. Uh, Rumors are swirling about this. 
That that's what it was, rumors. Um, it, uh, it that it got physical, and reports have suggested that CM Punk drew the fir- through the first punch, and um, I mean, it, it, it all reports are of the thing that's that's irritating me because I'm looking at all these things. And what I'm not seeing is the full story. I mean, if Tony Khan felt like he was in danger, then what in the heck happened backstage? Was there a weapon that was drawn? Did, I mean, there there's rumors that they got in, uh, too much, uh, into so much of a physical altercation that they were bumping over tables equipment was getting knocked all over the place and it was happening right there in front of tony khan or something and and then he's over here talking about right before and quite so he gets on stage on collision before collision even starts and there's videos of this swirling all over social media right now that he's trying to explain to the chicago audience of collision if you all have been knowing who CM Punk is and where he is from. He is from Chicago. He's trying to explain to Sh- Chicago CM Punk fans why he had to fire CM Punk. There are many videos to where you cannot, at certain angles, I guess where, wherever these people that were filming were positioned, they could not hear Tony Khan because there was so much booze. There was one video where I guess someone was directly underneath the speaker and you can hear Tony Khan explain that he will not allow someone to be uh, scared to come into work or get hurt coming into work. And it leads to my back to that other statement is, Tony, you do realize this is a wrestling company. People are going to risk getting hurt in the ring, let alone backstage. So I can understand backstage getting hurt in a fight and everything but you need to also understand there have been altercations backstage at wwe between wrestlers and some really big ones that i think it was what the montreal screw job that was extremely well known that was the only well-known one yeah and it got to where bret hart punched vince but brett quit and went to wcw in this case cm punk didn't hit Tony Khan, but he got fired. He got let go. Now there's rumors circulating. What's CM Punk going to do now? Is he going to go to New Japan? Is he going to go to AAA? Is he going to go back to WWE? For all we know, he could be done with wrestling because everything has gotten so pol- uh, political, it seems, behind the scenes of professional wrestling. As a fan, it 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 sucks. It really sucks as a fan to see CM Punk get let go all because of some altercation and then and rumors all over, okay, of what had happened, what transpired, who was involved, and then, you know, rumors of, oh, the higher ups wanted CM Punk to try to convince, you know, CM Punk, who is a veteran of professional wrestling, try to convince this up-and-coming wrestler who's already getting a good push and everything to tell him, hey, 
you need to consider your own body and your health and your safety as well as the guy you're wrestling not to go through with glass because this could damage you like nerve damage or something i don't know but all i all i'm understanding from one rumor is he was being told to go to convince jack perry not to go through with it jack perry said no i'm gonna do it you don't know what you're talking about kind of thing and then throws it back in cm punk's face on live tv and cm punk getting butt hurt about it and then gets into this altercation so it's like you 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 want your lead guy to help and he goes to help but then gets crap thrown on him back at him from the younger talent and you what do you, what, what do you want cm punk to do when he actually uses real glass what do you want cm punk to do when the guy throws it back in his face and insults him in a way do you want him just stand there and take it because he's if he's like your guy your company guy him and mjf you know i mean what the heck that's that's what i'm not getting is if you're saying it was dangerous and you were scared you were going to get hurt as well as other people around be it talent be it crew anyone because i can understand from to a certain extent tony khan's standpoint leave out the factors of it being cm punk or whoever's involved someone being when you boil it all down you take away the fact that it's professional wrestling okay and i'm not condoning you know workplace violence especially in a time that we live today with people that are just so aggravated they will go shoot up a place you know you boil all that down you strip all of that away professional wrestling cm punk all that you've got two employees that have a physical altercation that yes it can cause damn can possibly injure other employees or other equipment or yourself if you're near this altercation and you tell these people go home you're suspended until further notice we're going to look into what has happened and what has transpired here to lead to this and we will make our decision on what happens to the both of you okay in a workplace setting i can fully understand that coming from tony khan okay but you also need to include step by step what exactly happened in this altercation at all in even give us the backstory on what led to it because the rumors are this is this whole thing started some time ago during collision during a taping of collision and then you fast forward to all in and that's when the whole thing explodes and we are only getting bits and pieces and speculation and rumors. That's not how we want to be getting information. And then Tony Khan is over here wanting us to understand. Tony, if you're wanting us to understand why you fired CM Punk, you need to disc you need to full full disclosure 
on everything that happened, what was said, what was done that led up to that moment. And then what happened during that moment? Call me crazy. Call me stupid. I don't care. Okay. I'm as a wrestling fan. I'm wanting to know exactly what happened. Same. And and it's the same with the Montreal Screwjob. We're never going to know 100% what happened. Because there's there's two sides, okay? We're wanting just the side that's in the middle. And that's the truth. We got right now, in this current altercation, we got CM Punk's side of the story. We got Tony Khan's side. We got Jack Perry's side. And all we're wanting is the truth. That's all we're asking for. It's not hard. We learned at a very young age, truth prevails, and we're not getting it. So if you're wanting your fans to understand, Tony, tell us the truth on what happened. Full disclosure. That way we can be, okay, I understand now why Tony has done this. Because right now, you've got an entire fan base of CM Punk fans die hard CM Punk fans that are going to threaten to boycott AEW any event that happens or anything like that or you're going to have fans that come to AEW and are going to hijack the the show with chants of CM Punk of booing all the talent I'm telling you or they're going to end up having to shift the audience all to one side there are people on TikTok that have pointed that out that collision ticket sales went were low. And then a guy pointed out that th- this seemed to be a conspiracy because now we're getting conspiracy theories now as well as theories. Like alien conspiracies or just some no, 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 bigger no. organization type thing? No, 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 no. Because during collision, you never saw Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks on collision. No, you saw the the Young Bucks, didn't you, during the FTR thing? Last night. But up until that point, you never saw them or Adam Page. Yeah, that is a good point. But all of a sudden, you fire CM Punk, and all of a sudden, here come the Young Bucks from backstage to help out FTR. So someone's pointing out a conspiracy there, and I'm not... I'm not adding fuel to the fire of this conspiracy. I'm just saying there's so many speculations and conspiracies now to where the only way you can control it is immediately tell the truth on what happened. Do not hide anything from the people. Do not hide anything from the fans. Do not think of our, us as fans are idiots. That's all I'm asking. And then something else I thought of. What if there's some kind of like a non-disclosure agreement since you had a legal team involved with this then the legal team need to pull their heads out of their behinds and see the sunshine once again and need to understand if this continues you're going to see more and people more and more fans possibly jump aew ship and go elsewhere because if you cannot trust your fans enough to give them the full truth then they are not going to trust you on whatever you put out on TV and what you put out on pay-per-views. Because I'm telling you right now, we got All Out coming out. And to do this also, by the way, in Chicago. 
That takes a set of balls. And I know it may be vulgar to say that. I'm sorry. But it does. It takes a set to do that to a guy who is homegrown from from Chicago and has a large, gigantic fan base in Chicago. Anytime WWE, AEW go into Chicago, even before CM Punk joined AEW, fans would chant CM Punk. So you got a large fan base there for CM Punk in Chicago. And then to do that and fire him in his hometown, that takes a lot of courage. And then to try to explain it the night of you firing him in front of a, in front of fans and then you sit in a folding chair on stage because you wanted to sit down and you couldn't stop getting up and down out of the chair trying to explain your side of the story when you're not even fully explaining it. Again, this show does not... We, do, we try so very hard. And I mean every single episode up until this point because this is our 20th episode. We have tried so hard these past 19 episodes not to pull back the curtain, not to give our opinions on how things are ran or organized or anything like that because we have understood Chris and I my son and I have completely understood we don't we're not professional wrestlers so we cannot critique wrestlers on how they perform in the ring we do not critique promoters or owners of wrestling companies because we do not own one so we know we don't we don't know diddly about it all we know is it's professional wrestling, and we're fans. And we know the the mechanics of it in a way. We know the rules of professional wrestling. You know, the only way to win is submission, count out, pinfall, all that other stuff. We, we know that because we watch it. We're wrestling fans. And as wrestling fans, in this situation, we need to know the full story. Because if you're wanting support then you need to explain why you need our support by giving us the whole story. And I've, and I'm, I notice I'm repeating myself. So I'm going to leave it at that. And I mean, anything else you, you want to add Chris before we close out here on anything? Um, just what I said earlier about, uh, what, how we need to know about this before we fully form an opinion on it. Yeah. I think. I agree. Because even uh, in the the collision episode we watched, you had people uh, with signs both for and against CM Punk. Yeah, and it's going to be divided because there are a lot of people that say that, you know, CM Punk is a cancer to professional wrestling. You put him in professional wrestling and then people I've seen on TikTok putting out videos of, you know, when he was in WWE, there was a Triple H cut a promo on him about how he's being selfish, it's all about him, it's not about the fans, all this other stuff. And then uh, John Moxley's promo about, C- uh, in a way, talking about CM Punk, and it's like, uh, they were right this whole time. Okay, what were they right about? You know, uh, we're, 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 and we're, we're only getting only par- 
partial sides of the story. We're not getting the full thing, and I want the full thing. Call me selfish. Call me ridiculous and crazy and stupid. Call me whatever you want. I don't care. Because uh, at the end of the day, the only opinion that I care about is my own. That's how it is. And that's how it's going to be throughout. Because I just simply want to know what happened. And then we don't even know what the heck is happening with Jack Perry. All we're finding out is about CM Punk. No, is Jack Perry just getting a slap on the wrist? Because he was in this much of a fight as much as Punk was. So I don't know. Because we don't have the full story. That's my frustration about this whole thing. Because we only we only understand, I guess, this investigative, independent investigative team or whatever that Tony Khan had told Tony Khan's lawyers, basically, oh, CM Punk did it. CM Punk was the instigator. So we need to fire him because this was his second time he's been involved in a fight. You know, and I mean, let's go back to that previous altercation he had with Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. All of them, all of them were suspended and we didn't know what was going to happen with Punk. And then all of this happens now and we find out, okay, it's another altercation involving Punk. You know, why is he getting into altercations? And we're getting bits and pieces of stories. We're getting different types of stories. We're even hearing about when as soon as CM Punk landed, we're hearing story of uh, not a theory or whatever, but just some rumor that when he landed in London, in England, no one of AEW, not a limo driver or any, you know, driver or anything of the company that that would take the talent to a hotel or wherever they're staying. No one was there for Punk. He had to go, rely on his own self just to get there. And there's rumors that fans of his helped him get to the hotel and had him get, uh, helped him, you know, pointing out the direction of where he needs to go and all this other stuff. You know, again, that's a rumor. And then there's another rumor that after the altercation with Jack Perry, because CM Punk is getting was getting reamed for just doing what he was told and telling Tony Khan he quit. There's rumors about that. So I'm tired of the rumors. I'm tired of the conspiracy theories. I just want to know the full truth. Not that hard. I'm, I'm not asking for much. Am I going to continue? Am I going to stop watching AEW? No, because it's professional wrestling i'm a professional wrestling fan i've been a professional wrestling fan since i was three i will continue to be until i am dead and gone no if fans or buts about it i just wanted as a fan the truth because i'm tired of especially things going on in the world nowadays to where we're not even being told the truth on on certain things like we're being told about uh, another strain of COVID coming about and all this other stuff. And we're, all the endless conspiracies around COVID. We're not getting full stories. 
we're just getting either a little bit of the story or just something to put our minds at ease or just to cause us mass mass panic. Fans, wrestling fans and movie fans, fans of movies, they go to movies, they go to wrestling events, they watch wrestling to escape from all the BS that's happening out in the world. And that's what I like about wrestling. That's why I play the video games, the wrestling video games and watch wrestling is because every now and then you need that escape to get away from all that just so you can take a break of worrying about the real world and just watch a whole new world in the universe you know but we can't even get a full truth on on that so it's like real world kind of seeping into your escape so uh, I'm, I'm i'm pretty much done with that um anything else to add chris no nah. all right well we're tapping out on this one all right I feel a little bit better now, now that I've vented and said what I needed to say. So hopefully next week I'll be in a much, a next episode, much better mood. I don't know. We still got to do, uh, we still got to watch All Out, see how that goes. Of course, we also got to watch Payback, give you the results of those two pay-per-views before Monday or get it ready for you for Monday. Uh, we're immediately going to release this episode. And, um, Chris, how can they get a hold of us? And hopefully they can get a hold of us this time and write to us. Uh, the email is crosspromopod at gmail.com. Okay. And one more time from, from me, crosspromopod at gmail.com. You guys can also see us on TikTok and on Instagram and on Facebook. Please get in contact with us. I'm getting tired of saying it all the time. We're waiting on emails. So for the Cross Promo Podcast, I'm Kevin. And I'm Chris. We gone. We gone. I, yeah, I said it right this time. Yeah. We didn't get it timed perfect, but... What? Why are you still looking at me? What? I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at the... No, you're looking at me as if to to do something funny or entertaining with this post-credit thing. I got nothing. I'm still, still, still steamed about what I was just talking about a little bit. So, you know, it's going to take some time. There's nothing funny. Nothing amusing here. Why are you still listening? Go to the next episode. Uh, you all right still? How long do you think it's going to... Uh, either way, that's the end of the episode. Bye.